Welcome to the Bumblecast. I'm your host, Ian Flynn, the Bumble King, and joining me as always is my Bumble co-host, Kyle, JCRB Kraus. I'm coming to you from an undisclosed Bumble location. I am uh, off the grid currently. I'm on the run. I don't know where I'm going, but I'm I'm going there, dang it. His location is Bumble Confidential. <laughs> and I need to know bases only. Yes, yes. And if you need to know, I'm uh, I'm nowhere. Don't worry about me. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm good. How are, are you, you doing? Are you on the run because uh are you <laughs> on the run because we still are catching up on our January priority stuff and it's February now? <laughs> <laughs> You don't mean the priority stuff. You mean the mini stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got a lot. So I hope you guys are ready for a lot of minis over the coming weeks, months, years, decades. (laughs) And we'll be catching up on our previous live stream super chats as well. So, yes, uh, we we thank you for being inundated with success (laughs) and we will do our best to catch up eventually. It's true. We are too successful, which is weird. (laughs) It's a good problem to have. I'm not going to deny that, but still, it is a problem. (laughs) All right. Are we ready to get into some questions? Let's do it to it. All right. These come from our lovely priority patrons over at patreon.com slash bumblecast. Also from uh, Kofi submissions at ko-fi.com slash bumblecast and from our YouTube members. Go ahead and get started off this one from Windstar Osprey. Just for kicks, let's say in one arc, there's a trip to a universe where Mimic never betrayed the Diamond Cutters and was actually a semi-decent person. How would you portray this good guy Mimic? Uh, Character-wise, he'd be the same. You know, sarcastic, kind of a biting wit, little creepy, but, you know, he still sticks with the team. It's his job. He's a professional. He's going to see them through to the end because that's just what he do. And yeah, there's a little bit of camaraderie there because they know they can trust him to do what he needs to do. And he knows he can trust them because they're good people. And the team still functions and Whisper is still the bubbly, happy person she used to be. And that's the good timeline. Mm-hmm. That's that's weird. She's called Whisper and yet would be the bubbly, happy person. Well, was it was that, ironic was back that, then. Was that the whole irony? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Your her parents are real kidders. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever they are. Oh, wait, nobody has parents in Sonic's world. That's right. Except for Robotnik, apparently. Maybe. At least he at least has relatives. <laughs> oh, and Kareem, I guess. All right, here's one from Sun. This might be questioned more for Danny, but the new Sonic characterization discourse is on whether or not Sonic should be as nervous or scared as he is in Scrapnik Island. However, I feel like Sonic's uneasiness is justified, considering he was in a dark place with unfamiliar surroundings, rusted out robots who previously tried to kill him, and Mecha, whom Sonic had just tried to reconcile with after he had seemed to turn over a new leaf, and is now trying to mind-swap with him. I think anyone would be scared or nervous in this scenario, but what are your thoughts on it? Is it okay for Sonic to feel fear? No, Sonic can never feel fear. <laughs> no, no emotion, no crying, no fear. <laughs> I feel I don't feel it's right for me to critique my fellow writers in my position at this current state and point in time. But that being said, had Sonic shown no fear, had he been cavalier throughout, I believe the present Sonic discourse would have been how he has no characterization, how he's one note, how he should have shown some degree of fear, because that's only natural. It's real easy to backseat nitpick. So I think it's fine. And if you enjoyed it, I'm glad you did. It's kind of funny. It would be uh, one side saying the opposite and then... The other side saying, no, it's fine. And it would just be the same. It would be the same amount of discourse. It would just be different people doing the discoursing. Pretty much. Yeah. That's how it's always that been. That is not to throw those folks under the bus. You know, if you and your personal in- interpretation were not satisfied with it, you know, I'm sorry for you. But you can only fe- uh, satisfy some of the people some of the time. That's true. Here's this one from Sonic PAJ. In Sonic Unleashed, Sonic is deemed to be the successor of Lin Shao Kung Fu by the Chunan inhabitant Shuifan. And in the Japanese script of colors, Sonic asks Tails, want me to show you how to beat enemies with Kenpo? 
This would indicate Sonic is a martial artist in some sense, right? Would there be any chance we could see a Sonic story with a martial arts angle to it? As someone who has been training in various styles for over 12 years, including four in the fast-paced American Kenpo style, I think that would be very cool. Maybe I th- we'd need to do a suitable amount of research for what styles would work for what characters, um, how to properly represent it in a comic format, which I don't know if that's the best representation, you know, a static medium for something that's about fluid movement. And then there's the issue of what characters canonically know what, and if some of them just don't. So maybe I'm overthinking the issue, you know, but I think what you're asking for is more than just your standard tournament fighter arc. You want something that actually showcases martial prowess. And that's a maybe, but that takes considerably more work and more consideration than something like the champion's arc. I think if there's any character in the Sonic universe who might be able to actually do some uh, real martial arts, it would be Blaze. I don't know why. I just get that feeling, you know. Well, like if a, anyone's going to actively study to better herself, it'd probably be her. Yeah, yeah. And that seems like a very uh, uh, kind of noble thing to do. And of course, SBO well, SBO is just, yeah. SBO is, uh, would be, you know, self-taught, maybe. <laughs> Knuckles maybe ingrained with ancient fighting techniques. We don't know. Mm-hmm. That's true. I mean, who who taught him how to talk? Hmm. I don't know. It just knows, you know? Uh, maybe Rouge would know some sort of... Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some kind of uh, martial arts. That'd be cool. I mean, she'd be a master of CQC. <laughs> <laughs> maybe Vanilla is a secret third-degree black belt. <laughs> <laughs> master of Taekwondo. Chow. Ah, you've done it. You've done it again. Oh, I don't know if that one hurt or if I'm happy about that one. Maybe a little bit of both. Maybe a little bit of both. I don't know if I like it or I hate it. I think the answer is yes. (laughs) Scurvy Pirate Dog has a question. An interdimensional storm happens, and so Eggman with the Eggman Empire and Metal Sonic now meet Mr. Dr. Eggman, the Chaos Council, and Rusty Rose. How would this meeting go? What would the Eggman think of each other, or Metal, and Rusty? Uh, Debate about how deeply I should tread on this one, just because Prime is still so new and the Chaos Council has not been fully explored. But suffice to say, how dysfunctional the Chaos Council is, they're not going to accept yet another Eggman very easily. And honestly, when you get down to it, Mr. Dr. Eggman's characterization is more or less present Eggman. There's just a toupee involved, and that's not really a character trait. Uh, as is for this, Metal and Rusty... Is this kind of hmm? spoilery, or is this kind of just off the top of your head? I think that's surface level enough that it's not spoilery. Okay. I don't want to go any further than that, though, because then I think you're getting into potential spo- spoiler territory. Okay. Uh, as for Rusty and Metal, I don't think they would regard each other very much, short of that it's a potential enemy bit of hardware. Metal only really cares about Sonic and whatever he's told to do, and Rusty is also at the beck and call of the Chaos Council, so they probably wouldn't interact or react to each other until forced to do so. All right, here's one from Scourge Time. Super Scourge and Dr. Enerjack Finitivus working together? To clean the world, like Finitivus would say? How doomed is the world? Will Sonic and Knuckles be on time? How will the story end? Also, what nickname would Scourge give Dr. Creepy Von Evil in this state? (laughs) Super Creepy Von Evil. Yeah, nothing really original. (laughs) Really Creepy Von Evil, and (laughs) just like, go play. Pretty much. (laughs) It'd be worth it to see them fight Supersonic and Hyper Knuckles, though, I can tell you that. Ah, yes. The world would be in bad shape, though, because Super Scourge and Finny Jack? Finny Jack? (laughs) Inner Tevis? That one might be better. Finny Jack sounds kind of weird. Yeah, it's funny, though. It is. They would not be holding back. Like, I had 
a particular plan for Intertivus in mind, but I don't want to get into that right now. Suffice to say, he was going to be big and he was going to go hard real fast. And likewise, Super Scourge, if he's in the inclination to just wreck stuff in a super state, he's going to make as much damage as possible. So, yeah, world would be in a bad state. You're going to say that the he would jack hard? No, I'm not going to say that because this is a family show, Kyle. Oh, okay. Here's one from Saving Throws. Love is about to hit the air, Bumble Boyos. Are there any plans for a Bumblecast After Dark Part de? I have too many pressing questions that need answers. About what? Bumblecast After Dark Part de. Did we even have a part? Huh? Yes, we kind of did. In that it was, I don't fi- remember. it was 15 minutes of random outtakes that were of a more adult nature ah. <laughs> that I put together and threw out for February for... No, it was for uh, April Fool's Day last year. Okay. Yeah, it was okay. the one. That was the one where I said, "I said the stocks stay on." <laughs> ah, yes. That's yeah. Ah, when, yes. Yeah, it's when Pedanticat's episode wasn't recorded. Was it April Fool's or was it February second? No, or February fourteenth? I think it was February fourteenth. Yeah, that was February last year. Yeah, after Pedanticat's episode wasn't recorded, I had a bunch of uh, leftovers. That were a little more, a little bit more spicy than our normal stuff that I. Well, threw then out, so. the answer is the next Bumblecast after dark is when we royally screw up a recording and Kyle has to throw something together. <laughs> Maybe actually, you know what? I don't have any. I don't have any uh, outtakes sitting in the hopper right now. I think well, our next Bumblecast after dark might be Patanicat. <laughs> uh oh! Oh boy! Oh boy! Uh-oh. Uh, I hear he's in transit right now. Here's this one from Samoth Star. You have been granted the power to change one sound effect in all media into a squeaky toy sound instead. Books, games, comics, movies. It'll change everything except real life and future media. How would you use this evil? What's what's the fun if it doesn't change things in real life? <laughs> Are you saying media or is not real life? Media. Media is real life. Like, media is real life. I mean, I mean, if not... we're gonna go, go all out. True, true. Squeaky noise, squeaky hammer noise for <laughs> one particular sound effect in all of creation. Absolutely. Uh, you're gonna make every scream the Wilhelm, every single one. <laughs> That'd be very funny. Well, actually, it might be tiring after a long while. Got the werehog scream sn- would be hilarious. <laughs> true. I'm thinking sneezing. Sneezing? Every time you sneeze. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It turns into a clown horn. (laughs) You're sitting in the doctor's office waiting for your turn. You just hear this. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Completely recontextualizes the stand by Stephen King. I tell you that. Oh, no. Oh, no. See, and here I was thinking just replace gunshots with boing noises. But yeah, gunshots but seem gun to... violence seriously enough as it is. Yeah, good point. Gunshots, replacing gunshots would be kind of, it's kind of the easy, obvious choice, too. Although it would make every Arnold movie infinitely funnier. <laughs> you know, it's the end of Terminator 2. He's fending off the cops with that minigun. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, some people already honk when they sneeze, so it seems uh, kind of like, uh, you know, just make everybody honk when they sneeze, but I don't know. That would be pretty funny, though. And that's kind of the obvious, that's the obvious thing to do, but there's a reason why. It's very funny. Oh, man. Or we could replace, um, hmm, replace every clap sound with fart with reverb anytime you clap. Or anything like that. That would be pretty funny. Because I am a child. <laughs> it's true. Here's one from OK Cheese Stick. Let's pretend that the cosmic interstate in some form exists in the game universe. 
How would the timeline of Moebius change to mirror the Prime Game universe? Would Sonic Colors instead be about Scourge trashing up Kintobor's completely innocent theme park? What about the other games? We've already talked about Scourge Frontiers. Yeah, I mean, the Cosmic Interstate itself would just mean that it's easier for Blaze and Sonic to hang out. She doesn't need the solar mold. She doesn't need to go across dimensions. They just hop on the highway and go say hi. Mm -hmm. Probably take all the adventure out of uh, Prime as well because, you know, Shatterverse, eh, just another exit on the Cosmic Highway. But if the Antiverse itself existed on the game canon... I mean, it's a pretty easy formula. It's, you know, your mirror mirror universe. This is not original or particularly deep. It's you take the good element and you make it negative. You take the negative element and you make it positive. So in Sonic Colors case, you've got Dr. Kentobor putting together his benevolent interstellar amusement park. But this, the trick to it is... He's also desperately trying to contain these malicious little energy beings called wisps who like to fly into people and irradiate them with their horrible energies. And he's trying to contain them and bring them to peace. And in that case, you got Scourge and Miles coming out there to, you know, open up that can of worms and let everything get irradiated. (laughs) Nice. And then at the end, you have Scourge use you know, all powers to defeat, excuse me, all colors to defeat Kindobor. And the wisps flee back into space because, holy crap, this individual can actually absorb their power. That's terrifying. Flee, flee. Run, run. Uh, that would sound pretty fun. What about the, what about any of the other games? I don't know, like Lost World. Sure. You, you got Kindobor trying to set up shop on the remote lost hex away from that evil nasty hedgehog and his companions mm-hmm. except scourge and miles figure this out and go hunt him down and then they end up running into the lively six i thought it was a friendly six friendly six there we go <laughs> much better yeah. they're there to they've elected to assist dr kentobor and you go around beating the crap out of each and every one of them so that you can, can successfully capture all the animals that have been liberated on Lost Tex and ship them on back down to the mainland. Where they belong, dang it! <laughs> oh, man. That's pretty good. We don't have time to really go through all the other games right now, but, you know. No, we're not doing all 30 years of Sonic, but you get the idea. Yes, yes, yes. Here's a question from Godzilla. It just randomly occurred to me that during the Archie days, pre- and post-boot, that we had two completely separate and unrelated characters named Storm. Storm the Albatross of the Babylon Rogues and the Bride of Conquering Storm slash Conquering Storm, the Lynx of the Egg Grandmasters slash Bosses. I recall Conquering Storm being called Connie by Dulcie in the post-reboot, but there was, was there ever a moment of confusion amongst writers and editors where one got confused with another? And on the slim chance Conquering Storm were to ever make a return in some capacity... Which you have to change her name to avoid confusion with the rogues resident Big Palooka? Internally, back then, no. There was no issue because her name was Conquering Storm, not just Storm. And had they appeared in the same story, you know, if there was any confusion, then I would make sure to write it out. Conquering Storm and Storm Albatross. You know, I don't think we would have had any issue there, but, you know, when it comes to a script, you want to be as clear as possible. It's a good thing they weren't in both in the Worlds Unite along with Storm Eagle. Mm, or Storm Owl. And Storm Owl. <laughs> yeah. Missed yeah. opportunity. And Storm from the X-Men. Wait, no. Hold on. <laughs> uh, as for coming back, and if it, if she were brought into the current canon, I maybe I don't know. I mean, it's a moot point. She's never coming back. But just I don't, dash my dreams, my hopes and dreams, Ian. Once I, again, I, I'm I, not going to lie to you. I'm not going to lead you on. Okay, it's, thank you. <laughs> I would be very happy to be proven wrong, but I hope you are. But I know you probably won't be. I don't know if the name Conquering Storm and the fact that she is so visually distinct would be enough or if it would be a matter of we can't have two storms. Hmm. I don't know. I could see it going either way. Well, you can have two storms in the weather. Why can't you have two storms as people? Well, 
I mean, when we initially pitched Tangle as a hare, that was rejected because there's already Cream the Rabbit. Yeah. So it's like, and how many hedgehogs are there in the series? They're like, mm, yeah, no. It's like, all right, well, and lemur. What about wolves? So, Oddly enough, I guess there are no canon game canon wolves, are there? Until yep. Yeah, I know that's a fandom thing. I guess, huh? <laughs> yeah. Huh. I guess that's true. Well, I, I, I guess hockey. Wolf, I guess. I guess, I guess hockey wolf hockey would wolf, count. Yeah. Hockey wolf. Leave him out. Leave that poor boy out. He's been through enough and that he has <laughs> only been in one game our last question before we take a break is from noni seeing how relationships work in the universe of your favorite live action slash animation hybrid and mine who's hotter roger rabbit or mc scat cat i don't know kind of depends on what floats your boat <laughs> well what floats your boat ian i think that's what neither noni is asking. personally neither oh I mean, yes, opposites attract, but I don't bat for either team. So <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Scat Cat has the more obvious raw sexual energy going on. I was going to say, Roger, yeah, Roger is a dependable family man, and that's got some appeal to it too. So yeah, I, I don't know. you play patty cat, you play patty cake with whoever you want. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, don't put either one of them into Google, though. <laughs> anyway, that's it. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back with more Bumblecast. We're back, and here's this question from Dove. All right, friends, let's write a boom episode. Another one? Again? <laughs> <laughs> Eggman decides he's not getting any younger and needs to find an heir. He hosts open auditions from across the Sonic multiverse for the next Dr. Eggman. Who all shows up and how do the auditions go? Please specifically cover how Cream and Cheese's audition goes. After all, the flyer did say, all applicants considered. Well, Cream and Cheese show up in the hopes that, you know, maybe since it's an alter Eggman, he's nicer. And if he's looking for an heir, he must be lonely. And it's not nice to be lonely. Mm-hmm. And it would be nice to have a dad again. And she's just too sweet and pure and saccharine that immediately rejected. He can't have such a softy running the Empire. Get out of here, kid. <laughs> it breaks his heart. He's not going to admit that. But, you know. He can't do the puppy dog eyes, or I guess the bunny eyes in this case. Yeah. Uh, Robotnik Jr. from Adventures of shows up, because, I mean, he's kind of a shoe-in. You know, maybe this dad is a little different. No, he's no. just as much of an egotist and a buffoon, so back to his normal reality, I guess. <laughs> Sage. Uh, Sage shows up, a little confused. She thought father had already accepted her. Oh, you are a different father, inferior father. I'm going back home now. <laughs> um bot kind of rolls in. It's an instant promotion on his part. Has a whole you know song and dance routine. Papa, can you hear me? Immediately jettisoned back to his original universe. <laughs> Was that the original universe? Was that his orbot? Cubot. Whichever. Doesn't matter. Moving on. <laughs> uh, yeah. Let's yeah. see. Metal Sonic. One of them. All of them. I don't know normal sonic <laughs> i mean all of this is really just boom eggman's attempt to get recognition from boom sonic well i mean but obviously zero interest and he isn't showing up and so you know boom eggman's getting antsy why isn't he here this could be the ultimate you know showmanship to, to be me but better me why is he not here does he not like me why wouldn't he like me i mean i like me <laughs> And then somewhere waiting in the wings, you have Eggman Nega just chewing his fingernails going off. Come on, please, we need an air. Please, we need an air. I need to exist. Where are you? Show up, show up, show up, show up, show up. <laughs> and then Starline misses it. <laughs> the, B, the B plot is Starline trying to get there. <laughs> well, the B plot is he gets the interdimensional invite and he, he keeps trying to isekai himself back into that dimension. <laughs> okay good point no no i have to be his sunny boy beep beep smack 
What about Stone? Does Stone show up? Does Stone make it? <laughs> he does. Comes prepared with a latte, but eh, too old. Oh, oh, I guess. I suppose. Because they're about the they would probably be about the same age, maybe. I don't know. Something like that. <laughs> All right, let's move on to this next question here from Dominic the Raccoon. On a previous episode, Ian suggested that Rock Volnut from Mega Man Legends could be rescued from the moon by classic rock and roll in a spaceship. Love that mental visual. But my question is how Ian would have liked to tackle or resolve the Quint situation if the Archie series didn't enter its hiatus. I want to get into that in more detail on another larger project in mind, but suffice to say... uh self-contained time loop that I think is a way of addressing Quint and the tragedy of the character while also rescuing rock from a bad future. I mean, it's going to be tragic one way or the other, but I think I have a fairly elegant way of keeping it all connected and all concise without having to worry about divergent timelines or any of that nonsense. I, I'm, I'm very tempted. I'm very tempted to ask more, but uh, I'll wait. I'll be patient. All right, here's one from Definitely Not a Worm. Okay, Ian, suddenly you're transported back to the year 2001. SA2 is just released, and Sonic Team hands you the reins to where the series goes. Full control, what do you do? Wow, 2001, and they're handing you, they're just going to hand the reins over to you? <laughs> <laughs> like, who are you? <laughs> Ah, uh, that would have been a bad idea. Well, but... I mean, if it's you, the you, the you of now, I think would be the one getting mm. the reins in the past, not the you of two thousand one. <laughs> and I'm having deja vu on this question, but I looked and I couldn't find it. So yeah, it, it feels similar. But you know, we get like a zillion questions, and most of them yeah, are the yeah, same yeah. these days. <laughs> uh, I would be knowing what I know. I would be horrified by the scenario because this is the first title, you know, post SA two, it's the first title going multi-platform. It's the first one that's attempting to go by immediate fan feedback, which was, we don't like these darker storylines, but we do want more characters. That's what heroes was a response to folks liked the extended cast. They didn't like the child murder. So they went happier and bubblier in color and simpler in storyline. And they gave us 12 freaking playable characters. Three. Yeah. Six, yeah. 12. 12. Okay. Um, I see. And here's and, the funny thing. People nowadays complain that Sonic is the only playable character and that the stories I know, I know, are I know. too silly. And like, that would not be my decision. I would have to have the authority of both Sega of America and Sega of Japan and Izuka-san and <laughs> nobody has that centralized authority in the franchise. So especially not back be, then. <laughs> God no. Oh so, wait, no this it wouldn't be it wouldn't be Izuka-san back then. You'd be dealing with Naka. <laughs> that's right. Izuka-san was still like pulling all-nighters just to finish the bloody yeah, game. for for heroes. Yeah, he was still Solo. he was still doing uh, level design or whatever wasn't it among other yeah, things I, th I think he did like everything from frog forest onward on his own yeah pretty much like six months Ooh, the man is a beast <laughs> uh this is another i don't know man there's just a japanese culture thing with of literally working yourself to death and i i'm i'm not a fan <laughs> I really, but like, I really hate losing a lot of these amazingly talented people so early on in their lives. Yeah. And I understand that the, the heart of the question is just kind of a fun, what if, what would you do knowing mm -hmm. what you do to steer the direction of the series? But uh, maybe I'm overthinking. It's, it's not that simple. Like mm -mm. so much of what happened to Sonic post adventures is responding to fan feedback and changing in the market and changing in uh, in response to the sales numbers and the progression of the consoles from the Xbox era to now, the chasing of the DS and 3DS popularity. There are a bajillion factors that come into play here that are beyond just, you know, oh, I want to see this hop on. So 
I mean, universally, I would have liked to have seen more diversity within the individual characters, get more spinoff stuff. Get me a Tails game. Get me a Knuckles game. Get me an Amy game. Let Sonic be the main driver and, you know, experiment more. We saw a lot of that stuff in Nintendo, what with uh, all the Donkey Kong titles, the various Yoshi titles, Luigi's Mansion and so on forth. Mm-hmm. Like, I, would, I wanted to see that with Sonic. Yeah, not just more focus on Sonic or more focus on Sonic-style gameplay, which is what we got with Heroes. Although I did appreciate that style of gameplay personally because the treasure hunting and doesn't do much for me, but the mech shooting is okay. I like I like this gameplay is fine. It's just it's really hard to find the right balance of implementation because in adventure they you're not really forced to do any of it unless you want to finish the whole game, right? Which feels like you're you know allowing the player to ignore content. But in SA2, it throws you out of the groove every time. Okay, I'm doing a Sonic stage. Now I'm doing a shooting stage. Now I'm doing a hunting stage. Now I'm doing another hunting stage. Now I'm back to shooting. Now I'm back to Sonic. It's like... Sonic Adventure 2's pacing is all over the place, and that's one reason why I was never a big fan of it compared to the original Sonic Adventure. I mean, I feel like it it comes together perfectly with... um, What's the stage on Crisis Core? I'm yeah, thinking of Final Fantasy. Yeah, the the final thing where everybody comes together and they're the hodgepodge of different play styles and mini levels makes perfect sense. Yeah, Cannon's Core is what you're thinking of. Cannon's Core, thank you. Such good, great music in that one, though. <laughs> but yeah, it makes some sense in there when they all come together. But it's still like you know they just kind of throw you between things and it feels a little disjointed. <laughs> good so. luck beating Knuckles' section without the air knuckles. Yeah, here's one from Cody G. Is there any love for the Final Fantasy series here on the Bumblecast? Oh, what a coincidence. Sonic will always be my favorite series, but Final Fantasy has always been a close second. I started at the beginning, but 6 has always been my favorite. Thanks for your input. You and everyone else, Cody. Well, okay. <laughs> everyone else who loves Final Fantasy either loves 6 or 7. <laughs> so I guess I it could go Leo either way. Seven. Uh, 6. Huh? I know Leah's a, a big fan of 6. Yes. Yes, she is. I never played any of them really like the most i played was crystal chronicles Mm -hmm. and i didn't have a crew to really play with and i feel like that was where the major appeal was i mean you can i mean we i played co-op with Aaliyah a bit but i feel like i was missing out by not having full four player trying to get the bucket through the miasma and organizing from there oh you mean okay you mean in crystal chronicles specifically i'm like Generally, most Final Fantasy games are single player. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay. And uh, I remember we got to the final boss, and I felt it was just so unintuitive. I rage quit. Mm-hmm. Um, I've greatly enjoyed Chip and Ironicus's playthrough of Final Fantasy VII Remake. <laughs> and I think that's about as much as I want to partake. Yeah. Uh, that's about it for me. Well. Being a video game music fan means Final Fantasy is unavoidable <laughs> for me. Um, but it, like, it, uh, as a kid, I never really knew what it was. Never really got into it. I never. I uh, RPGs just weren't on my radar, really. And I'm still not a big RPG person. I'm like good old Scott the Waz over here. Um, but I do enjoy a lot of the music from from the Final Fantasy games. I've heard most of it, either in remix form or the originals or both. Um, But my favorite, and this is one I actually have played quite a bit of, is uh, Final Fantasy V. I know everyone's like, Final Fantasy V? What? No one likes Final Fantasy V. Well, guess what? I do. (laughs) And I think, honestly, Ian, V might be one you'd like too. Oh, yeah? Yeah. You like pirates and airships, right? That's your, I do, I do. That's kind of your thing, right? No. Yeah, well, that game's got a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> One of the main characters is an airship captain, so... <laughs> is it Sid? No, it is not Sid. Ah, Sid is in that game, well, though. Then. Sid is in that well, game. Sid's though. in all of them, but yeah. Almost all of them. But, yeah, no, no, she's a different airship captain. Okay. Is it an airship? It's not an airship at first, but it becomes one later, I think. I forget. But either way, yeah. 
that was like the Final Fantasy four was like a very um <clears throat> it took a more serious dramatic tone from the first three games. That was the first one for the Super Nintendo. So they were like going hard on all this sudden freedom they had to do things that they couldn't do before for four. And then they switched when they went to five, they kind of reined it back in and brought it back more into a more lighthearted fare and give brought back the job system and stuff to make it a little bit more like uh, the earlier games. But uh, I like the cast in five and there's the, the music is excellent. I mean, battle on the big bridge is one of the greatest video game battle themes of all time. So, I mean, it has to be my favorite if only for that song alone. <laughs> so, um, my wife, Jen, she loves seven. So she is a big fan of seven. Uh, actually we have both played a lot of eight and neither of us liked it. I didn't finish it. She has finished it multiple times. I don't know why. Cause she doesn't like it. She doesn't like it, but she plays through it anyway. She's a weirdo like that. But, um, I watched her play through a lot of nine. Nine is really good. Nine is a lot of fun. Nine is very similar to five. So, and yeah, it's, I don't know, man. I think you would, I think nine and f- five would appeal to you the most in terms of like having cool, uh, skies of Arcadia style airships and, you know, pirates cast and cool casts of characters and everything. Yeah. And great music on both. And both of them have variations on Big Bridge. So, yeah. <laughs> Add them to the list. Uh, maybe another, let's see, probably 40, 50 hours for Final Fantasy V and, I don't know, 60, 70 for nine. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. All right. Here's this question here from Andrew D. While most likely non-canon, or is it? I realized something interesting about the Sonic Lego Dimensions battle with Mecha Sonic Mark 1, or RoboSonic as it's called in that game. Eggman says it's his first creation to truly rival Sonic, but wouldn't that honor go to Metal Sonic? Or is it possible that Mecha Sonic Mark 1, or even Mark 2, were built before Metal Sonic and saved for later? It wouldn't be the first time Eggman saved a Mecha model for labor, or for never. Here's looking at you, Mark 3. I think the general consensus is that Mecha was built first, but wasn't deployed until the Death Egg. But I wouldn't take anything from Lego Dimensions as like indicative of canon because things have shifted since its release. And also they were Legos in that game. Eh. <laughs> and they could cross over with other franchises. So eh. probably not ever canon. Sorry. Here's one from Alpha Mono or you can Back in pre-reboot, Archie, the Master Emerald was created from combining 14 Chaos Emeralds. However, after the Great Harmony, when Feist fused every Chaos Emerald in the galaxy into just seven, they remain the same. Shouldn't the gems of each color have been changed into their own individual Master Emeralds as well? No, because Feist is better than whatever Mogul tried to do. <laughs> like, the Master Emerald... God, that continuity was such a mess. The whole thing with the Master Emerald in the pre-reboot continuity was that it was 14 emeralds, but also Mogul, who was trying to harness the power of an emerald while he still had an emerald in his chest. And then the Brotherhood did something to throw off his groove and it wound up as the Master Emerald with his soul sealed inside. And yeah, 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 yeah. it was a mess. It was a whole bunch of Calvin Ball resulting in a gemstone. Feist did things on purpose. And thus, seven emeralds. Mm-hmm. Someone should push Mogul down a Mogul. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. Here's one from Aiden7479. So since Sega are once again saying it's one world rather than two, can you introduce human characters into the comic, or at least human elements such as Gun? And how would you go about introducing such elements at this point? We've covered this one before, but... Uh, it, it's been a little as while, of I suppose. this recording, um... From my understanding, neither Sega nor IDW is particularly keen on wading back into the human waters anytime soon, um, just because the brand is currently leaning more on the Mobian, Nermi, animal, furry, whatever you want to call it, side of things. Uh, That doesn't stop me from seeding in name drops here and there, because I'm a child, and 
that's my way of throwing a passive aggressive tantrum, I guess. I, should they show up again? I feel like it's best to treat it as just purely natural. You know, Sonic shows up in Apatos or runs through Shamar and it's just like people are there. Don't highlight it. Don't act like it's weird. It's just how it is. As for gun, I, there needs to be a well-defined answer of whether or not they're still a thing. Cause Eggman gave him a trouncing in the Eggman war off screen established by tails tube. But beyond that, we don't know exactly what's going on. So I don't know, maybe with the uh, next movie coming out, there will be a prompt to bring that stuff back just for brand synergy. I don't know. Not my call to make synergy, corporate synergy. All right. Here's this one from four Sonic fan. How would a Miles Adventure go against the anti-Battlebird Armada? <laughs> the uh, Salvation Army, the, the the Avian Salvation Army. <laughs> oh no! Has journeyed to the Coco Island chain and are actively planting trees and revitalizing nature. And then Miles comes in, oh, no. and the screaming starts. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're he right. finds new and inventive ways to set things on fire. <laughs> Incredible. Incredible. And Auntie Speedy's like, no, no, he's just a troubled kid. I'm sure I can reach him. And then by the end of the story, he's like, no, this kid's messed up. We have to do something. We have to stop him. Oh, so it's just Tales Adventure. <laughs> Inverse, yes. I mean, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's the same thing. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. Here's a question from Espy. I noticed recently that the lyric running from the past is a losing game. It never brings you glory. Been down this road before. Already know the story. It is awfully poignant considering the main theme of Frontiers in the current franchise direction seems to be making peace with the past, acknowledging it, and moving forward with it. How intentional is this? Or is this just a happy accident? And are there other lyrics in the game that might hold extra significance when you look deep, deeper? I really appreciate the cohesion and vision, intentional or not, and I very much appreciate the current direction of finally nailing down a canon to move forward with. I can't speak for Otani-san, but I'm assuming they gave him a plot synopsis when he was composing the music and writing out lyrics and everything um, for the songs that he composed. You know, uh, was it Vandalize? Yeah, Vandalize is the one. That's that was that was written before the game, and it just happened to sync up. But... It's one okay rock, yeah. And it mostly stinks up. They did have to change a few things. Yeah, well. Don't look up the dead, original, kids. I had no participation whatsoever in the music, so I can't say with any kind of certainty, but I would think that Otani-san was put in the loop and used that used story elements as inspiration for what he was working on. Yeah, that would make sense, and that's usually what they do. Our last question is from E200 Paragon. Throughout the Frontier story, Sage remarks that she cannot fully control the ancient machines to attack Sonic, only guide their rage, as it were. However, when Eggman uploads Sage into cyberspace, a bunch of soldiers surround Eggman with Giganto staring at him from afar like a cyberpunk Slenderman. But neither one attacks Eggman, even though it's implied the knight destroyed the Death Egg Sentinel on Chaos Island. Likewise, Sage and Sonic become allies on Aranos Island. The machines continue to attack Sonic as if nothing's changed. Finally, there's no explanation given on how the towers on Rhea Island activated. The story gives the impression that the End is the one controlling everything from cyberspace, but Sage was also controlling things from cyberspace. So my question is, who was controlling what? Yeah, and uh, some of that mixed messaging comes from things having to be changed down the line and just not syncing up and oh all the script we had to cut to make time so yeah that was not super clear in general the robots are the defensive mechanisms of cyberspace working fairly autonomous autonomously sonic is working to bring down the safeguards keeping the end in check Ergo, the robots are trying to stop him from bringing about the end of the world because Sonic is basically the antagonist unwittingly through most of this. <laughs> and Sage is kind of going along going, yes, shoot him. That is a good thing. Continue. 
no, 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 don't wander over there. Punch him. Come back. Okay, fine. Uh, and then the six towers were meant to be a second stage safeguard. The Titans were the first stage. Sonic got through them. The towers were supposed to be the second stage. He turns those off and things go bad. And then once you reach Uranus Island and the end has awakened and is starting to push through again back into the real world, then the end is driving all of the machines to attack Sonic to attempt to stop him from further getting it its way. Finally, Sonic is the bad guy. Wait, no, he's always been the bad guy, actually. I mean, <laughs> just look at how look at how much look at the reaction he inspires. Uh, Freaking eco terrorist taking down that poor man's industrial regime. I know, I know. All Eggman was trying to do was just claim more power for himself. Giving all those poor little defenseless animals nice cozy mobile homes. <laughs> cozy homes and jobs. Eggman Investing is a in clean energy. Those chaos emeralds have no pollutant pollution elements to it. Eggman is a job creator, really. When it boils when you boil it down, and Sonic is just here trying to take our jobs. Yeah. Yeah. Rude. I think we've I think we've solved it. We've officially solved Sonic. And the solution is to kill Sonic. Thank you, Dr. Finitivus. I mean, Starline. <clears throat> Why not both? Why not both? <laughs> Uh, that's enough from us but before we go we need to give a big thank you to all the folks who support the show via patreon.com slash bumblecast ko-fi.com slash bumblecast and our youtube members big thank you to daniel h jennifer r james k john b robotnik home sam Cybercat, samuel p torchbound mike b andrew d dave m salute your cat Cooplin crew 128 j frost do his disden hero flight 13 noni professor scruffy matt chris a sony triforce riku sonic 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 john m jib yummy m fiona m lee hk lisa m ben wolfsbane scurvy pirate Hog, Chevelle, Arc Fighter, Keeper of Monsters, Axis, Xanderoni the Painter, Tick Tick, Jonathan D, Starlight Sec, The Name is X, Twilord, Solaris Stain, Nimmer, Godzilla, Chaos Sonic One, Nondal, Cameron H, The Disgaean, Ava Arctic, Justin S, Dove, Just a Mountain Soul, Alex GS, Dattler the Dalek, Sonic Legacy, Ink Thinks, Pedanti Cat, Les, Jennifer H, Jolene B, Red the Supernamic, Chad, Alvamon or Yukina, Joshua S, Omega Watt, Jack the Animator, Yuma 221, Of the Stars, Nova Poly Duo, and Tails, Preston M, Noah M, Darusaful, Kojiro Highwind, Sonic 84, Awesome Cakester, Supersonic Fan, Genzel, Radri, Chase L, Wildcard 717, Z Broadcast, Tetsua the Wise, Callum Q, Kyle C, J the Redneck, Miles the Brower, Navari, Exodel, Agent Kaz, 4 Sonic Fan, Poppy the Scholar, Rhythm Raccoon, Indibend, Pigdan 20, N Zephyr, Oz Jam, Shimmy M, Curly Quills, Angela V, Aiden S, The Marble Garden, Mox, Miggy Sawdust, ONBD, Wheelie Doe, Sandra BH, Smiley21, Sammy S, Bush Mitten, Crooker, Vlad, Sterling Sonic, Mancher, Conga, Windskull, Nova, <clears throat> Supernova, Superior Pizza, Sonic PAG, Philip is Cold, Michael P, Thigolf, The Crucified Devil, Loop de Loop, Omega Man 21, Thievius, Delta God 77, Dominic the Raccoon, Planet Breezy, Unity, Kedrian, Lori L, Native Nerd 27, Jason G, Cody G, Lacey M, Raccoon Shinobi, Normal Person, Marcy H, Caswell, Mr. Murderbird, The Giant Murdering Bird, Lucky Lychee, E200 Paragon, Razor, Mr. Needlemouse, SB, My Fish Eats Rocks, The ID Card, Philip C, Jonathan F, Hip Kid Brick, Levi C, To Act Too Soon Could Seal Their Fate, Nils, Tetsu Knife, Ultra Guy, Crowbo, Amazon, Samoth S, Dead Air, OK Cheese Stick, Adrian W, Zaylock, Nebula Noob, Sonic Mania 2099, Hadronis, Salato O2, Noob 600, Paley, Bug Party, Guts, Jihan S, Sun Blister 16, Danny the Light, Hey Boys, Razor, True Cosmic, Digilab 79, Zapon Sirion, L Technopata, Buttered Noodles, Miles Prower D, Frost the Hobbiton, Metamode, Wheels 282, Hedgehog, Jamal S, Scourge Time, Saving Throws, and definitely not a worm. The uh, rumors that I am supporting my own podcast have been greatly exaggerated. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle C is not me, although it would be funny if it were. How many names is that now? That's over 180. We are quickly approaching the 200 mark. And we may have to start reconsidering how we do thank yous at the end, because we're going to run out of theme song to play to these names. Mm, good thing I don't start the theme song until after the names are done. Hey, you play some music. Uh, only the first, like, 15 seconds of the song. <laughs> well, that can only loop so many times before it becomes maddening. Well... No, I don't start it until, like, we're all 
yeah, whatever. Start, start the theme song now, or probably actually a few seconds earlier. Ah. Be good to yourselves, be good to each other, and we will see you next time on the Bumblecast. Catch you later. Here's a question from Sonic Pay. <laughs> I swear, I can talk. Just kidding. I can't. You've listened to this show long enough. You know. <laughs> Kyle just went to a single bar. Uh, Not his computer, just Kyle. Yeah, yeah. Please don't die, Dove. We don't need you to die. If, if you die, what will I do? I'll be sad. If any of you die, I'd actually be, I would legitimately be sad. So try not to. You've been listening to The Bumblecast, a co-production of Bumble King Comics and the KNGI Network. Original theme music composed by Ken Coda Snyder. Remixed intro by T-Lopes. Find out more information, along with podcast feeder links, MP3 downloads, and more at bumbleking.com and kngi.org. the styles that are represent midnight do you mind <laughs> clearly not she like headbutted the whole stand in my face <clears throat> it's <sighs> you, need, you need a sand do you need a sandbag for my stand <laughs> no because they just rip the sandbag open and you'd be cleaning yeah, up sand yeah, yeah. <laughs> never <All> mind right. <laughs> why did you name her midnight you should have seen this coming I mean, it's apt, isn't it? I know. <laughs> uh, do you hate when that happens? You name your animals and they end up reflecting the names you gave them. Damn it. <laughs>